radio call in saying, hey, that thing is now at your rendezvous. That thing is at your rendezvous. That's so good. Gotta keep it in. <laughs> you know it's going in. Rendezvous. View. Third time's a charm. Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to do it now. Go ahead. Is it rendezvous or rendezvous? It's view. Here we go. Of course it is. But okay. <laughs> uh, he got a radio call saying that the object was at his rendezvous point all of a sudden. Uh, Hello. Welcome to This Podcast is Not For You. My name is Wes. I'm Peyton. Oh, I'm Jake. And we actually have a special guest today, a good friend of ours. His name is Alex Moore. Hello. Hello, Alex. Hello, Thanks Alex. for joining us. Pleasure to be here. We are talking today about a pretty fun topic, uh, aliens, UFOs, and or UAPs is now their official title. Meshton Quark. Alex, what? why are you so interested in the topic, I guess? I, I heard whenever the Pentagon declassified three videos that have leaked over the past 15, 16 years or so. Um, once the Pentagon declassified those, that's what really interested me. Because mm -hmm. before that time, you've not had the government actually acknowledging their research into UFOs or what you might call UAPs. <clears throat> so after that happened, I was like, well, this is, this is something kind of more serious. And I've built um, components that go into... Raytheon targeting scope. So that's the kind of technology that allowed us to actually videotape capture mm. these um, UAPs or UFOs, you might call them. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's also important to distinguish the conversation about alien life is much different than the conversation about UFOs. Yes, it's two separate issues. Yeah, for, right. sure. for sure. Which we are going to get into uh, as we go throughout the episode. But that's Alex. That's why he's here. And we're really excited to talk to him about it. Uh, let's start off with just everyone's general opinion on the existence of aliens. How does everyone feel? Let's start with you, Pate. I don't know. I, I my gut tells me I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough evidence to say that they that I think they exist. I think right now with. I just think we would have had contact in hmm. in our history, like legitimate notable public legitimate contact. notable notable contact mm -hmm. within our recent history or even just documented history as yeah. as human beings. Um, if they did, ex if intelligent life existed, and far as as far as like biological life, there could be single cell organisms. There could be plant life. I don't know. And as as far as intelligent life, though, I think no. Mm -hmm. Jake, uh, I would say I'm undecided. I'm excited for the topic. Who wants to convince me? <laughs> nice. But bonus point. I would say I uh, just a, need to change my mind. Sign in front yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah. The coffee mug. I mean, the statistics of us being alone are just. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. Astronomical. But at the same time, I, I don't know if... I, I think that, especially from a Christian worldview, and we can talk about this more later, but mm -hmm. I think the Bible has prepped us for almost every situation that we 
could possibly encounter, and that's just not anywhere in there. You know, the, the old, beginning of the Old Testament, sort of, but it's more like spiritual as mm-hmm. opposed to like extraterrestrial. So I don't know. I don't know. I okay. don't know. I can convince. If if one came down, don't get me wrong, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. But I wouldn't be surprised about like the exi- the, the probability of them yeah. existing, you know. It's like, yeah, I mean big universe. Pretty big. Pretty yeah. big, yeah. So Alex, special guest. We have to define our term, so we're talking about intelligent Right. Life, intelligent alien and life, you can because single-celled too. organisms and bacteria do exist. Yeah, um, and like the moon and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as intelligent life, I do not believe that intelligent alien life exists. But I believe that it could exist. Mm-hmm. I I would generally fall kind of in the same category as all of you guys. Like, there's been some really interesting stuff that has happened over the past. Even it was just a couple of years ago that the Pentagon stuff was released, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a second, but there's been some interesting stuff released, but I would generally agree. I don't think I've seen anything to convince me that aliens 100% are intelligent and that they visited us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I agree. There's single cell organisms. There's probably biological life in the universe all over the place because yeah. it's massive. But in terms of intelligent beings that, have mastered travel well enough to visit us? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm. But we're going to get into the realm of quote-unquote evidence, and we're going to talk about it just as what it is, not even necessarily whether it represents alien life, but just the things that have been most notably brought out there as evidence of extraterrestrial life of some kind. Um, because Unanswered I, questions. Unanswered questions, I think... The big thing we're going to talk about are the Pentagon videos that Alex was talking about um, because I think that's the most compelling uh, material out there in in regards to UFOs or UAPs. Unexplained uh, phenomenon. Uh, unexplained aerial, uh, no, unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, is the new official term for what used to be called the UFOs are now called the UAPs. It's much better than unidentified flying objects. Well, it doesn't have all of that baggage that comes right. along with saying UFO because a lot of people are instantly turned off when they hear mm-hmm. it. Uh, some people are. Some people are really interested in it. So I think coming from the government, their thinking was this will be legitimized yeah. if we call it UAPs as opposed to UFOs. Right. So they become very it's not dramatized. tinfoil hat and yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. So the interesting thing that happened uh, a few years ago is the Pentagon released three videos uh, that were a part of a program that they had had for a long time, actually, within the government. It was, uh, I believe, what they call, like, black budget of some kind or dark budget. I can't remember the exact Black term. money, I think, is black the word money, you're looking yeah. for, but that wasn't the name of the program. Uh, no, but it was funded with that. It was <clears throat> 22 not, mil. Yep. not public knowledge that the government was investigating these phenomenon. And they essentially came out and announced that they had been for a long time and that there's a lot of instances of our military actually coming into contact with these UAPs. And there are the three... videos aren't new, right? No. Like so the first few years old. Go ahead. The first video is from 2004 mm-hmm. and then a couple other videos in 2014 and 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, these videos were released 
very recently, and there's a couple different like slang names for each of them. There's Tic Tac, uh, Gimbal, and then uh, Go Fast, Go Fast, and Flir, F L I R, which stands for Front Looking Infrared. Mm-hmm. Which is how they capture these things. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, Tic Tac is just referring to the shape of the object. Right. It kind of right. looks like a white Tic Tac, and it's about forty feet. I feel like that one, that one's the one that's gotten the most it's like play like, in terms of like. I think so because one of the uh, pilots is on record talking about it and about his experience in in that flight and seeing right. that object. Yeah. So. Um, so essentially, these are videos captured from pilots in the military, in our U.S. military. The Navy specifically. The Navy spe- mm-hmm. and Their mostly- Top Gun, uh, well, the, this uh, David Fravor mm-hmm. is a Top Gun pilot. He was He's on the USS Nimitz, yeah. I believe. And how, do you, do you remember the specs, like how fast it was moving versus um, like the Tic Tac specifically? It was faster than any fighter jet that we have but really what's interesting is how it changes direction so with like your typical fighter jet you know uses engines and right and it's it has to make wide arcs to be able to turn directions whereas these objects that they captured in these gimler go fast videos and stuff yeah. are just like turning on a dime they're stopping, they're stopping. in midair and they're going no... up really high like to 80 Thousand feet, feet down to the sea level, you know, they're just moving There's really no quickly. There's no visual evidence of propulsion. Yeah. Because uh, these are infrared cameras. They would be picking up heat signatures if it was some type of combustion, some type of propulsion. And if we'll a human a, was piloting this, they would be seriously injured or killed because of the those G-force. rates. We yeah. should say we'll put a link to these videos in the description mm-hmm. so you guys can look at it yourself. Yeah, if you haven't seen them or want to review them, before continuing, just hit uh, yeah. episode details. Because it'll help we'll put with some the, down there. Rest of the Pause the episode now. Pause it. Okay, resume it. Okay, we're Welcome back. back. Pause it again. Right. What did you think no, of the video? Pause it one more time. <laughs> Pretty um, crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, these videos came out, and uh, they're pretty interesting. I saw, so we're going to talk about as well, this company called To The Stars. Um, we're all familiar with it because we are fans of the band Angels and Airwaves, and uh Blink-182, and, and Tom DeLong is the frontman of Angels and Airwaves, and he founded this company called To The Stars and uh, essentially started pushing for the government to start revealing this stuff and declassifying this stuff. You see, he's always been super interested. In I saw an interview with Travis Barker, drummer of Blink, recently, and he's like, the day I met Tom DeLong, he started talking to me about UFOs and aliens. I believe yes. it. They would, he said, 18-year-old kid. they would go on their tour bus and sometimes he would get a group together to go hunt Bigfoot. Uh, That's amazing. He He's always been into it. So he got all of these guys from former uh, former government officials, essentially. Mm-hmm. The, the last, uh, the guy that was the head of this company or this uh, division of the Pentagon that was classified, that was investigating the UFOs is now uh, helping run to the stars. And they essentially got to, they released this Pentagon, the Pentagon releases stuff through them. So that's another way how we kind of heard about it as well. We're all fans of Tom DeLonge in general and Angels and Airwaves. What's the name of the show? Unidentified Unidentified. is the name of the show. And on this show, they get some pilots in to watch that footage of the tic-tac 
the footage from the USS Nimitz right. and and they're pretty much baffled by it. Like they are like there's no wings, there's no visible visible propulsion. It's hard to tell in so if you've watched the video now, you can see it it looks really benign on its surface. And maybe that's because the camera's locking in, right? Right, Isn't it? Alex. Maybe like you can talk a bit about like how, uh, like that, why it looks the way it does and what it's doing. In so, the... in order to videotape something like this that's moving really fast through the sky, you can't really like point a traditional camera at it in film. You have to have some kind of locking computer right. um, scope, some targeting system. Yeah. So you can hear like there then there is some foul language in these videos just heads up mm -hmm. um but you can hear the pilots when the targeting computer like locks onto these things it's yeah. kind of hard because you have to you have to be focused on it for so long and then you'll see like kind of these two white lines come in and lock onto it mm -hmm. um but they're moving yeah super duper fast so you you, you can't really tell because you know the, the camera is just following it right but if you look at like the c below it you can see that it's really moving at a good clip you can see when it stops and changes direction, that might be some of the most compelling stuff in it. Um, so Fravor, the pilot, is also quoted as saying that it it also went underwater, I believe, at one point in time, and uh, was moving under the water when he first came upon it. It was like he saw an object in the water, and then this came out and then started moving, shot up into the sky. Uh, at one point, it takes off. At a rapid, rapid pace, he loses it. Uh, he got a radio call saying that the object was at his rendezvous point all of a sudden. Uh, so it, which was like 60 miles away or something like that. And this wasn't the first time that they saw these things. They had been Correct. seeing it for two weeks up to the point where they took this footage. At some point, they this had... This one was in 2004 or two. Yeah, the one we're talking about with Dave, with David Fravor was captured in 2004. Okay. Yeah, and November. At one point, they had a fleet of these UAPs captured on their radar. They didn't, they didn't see them with their camera or, or visually or anything, mm -hmm. but uh, they saw it on radar. There was a bunch of these things. There's been talk of these having... A cloaking mechanism of some kind where they're invisible to the naked eye uh and i think one thing that's also interesting is they tend to happen in specific areas like uh, it seems to be around military bases um around the world i know there's been several sightings southeast of the United States border, like 200 miles southeast. Yeah. There's been several sightings. And then off the coast of San Diego yep. is where this happened, mm -hmm. uh, kind of near Catalina Island, um, which is off the coast of Los Angeles and Southern California. It's it's a ways out there. but So it's not happening close enough for anybody on land to see it happen, though, right? Correct. Like you could just look up and see it happen because, A, it's moving super fast. It's been out over the water a decent distance, if I remember correctly. There, right. When you go back into the history of UFOs, you get a lot of different stuff. Sure, yeah. Uh, we can kind of avoid talking about that stuff because it gets into, like, weird fringe We're specifically stuff. talking about the declassified videos. These Because these released. are so official and... Coming from such a and that's never happened before, right? The Pentagon's never no. released. Yeah, so these these three videos have anything were leaked, if you want to call it that, for years, yeah. and then this David Fervor guy started talking about it around 2017. That's when the media got a hold of it, and we heard about it, like the general public heard about it a lot. But it wasn't until 
this year, April 2020, that the Pentagon actually declassified right. these things, stating, okay, we just want to dispel the rumors and stuff. These are legit We don't know what they stuff. are. Because some people are like, oh, this isn't real, you yeah. know, type of thing. So they just wanted to clear the air there, which I think they had motives for, but we can get to that. Yeah. Um, so another interesting thing about the two, the stars, uh, company that Tom DeLong founded, uh, I just kind of wanted to list off some of the, um, people that he has in, uh, the company and their credentials. I'm not going to go through all their names, but, um, they have a department of defense research scientist and physicist. He's had 50 years' experience at General Electric, National Security Agency, Stanford. He was an advisor to NASA, all that stuff. Uh, you got a guy that was in the CIA for a long time, about 25 years. And then one of the guys that's really heading it up, and he's the host of Unidentified, is Luis uh, Elizondo. He was uh, a career intelligence officer. Uh, he was at the Department of Defense and... Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And he was part of that program that the Pentagon had. It was Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. That was, I believe, the official title of it. And he was uh, kind of managing that program. And in the show, in Unidentified, they go to multiple places around the world about how different. it's not just the U.S. seeing these things. Uh, which I thought was was really interesting. Is like there are other governments around the world that are starting to acknowledge that they're seeing these things as well. I think the first sighting, the first like reported sighting, and the term soft flying saucer came about in 1942. Mm -hmm. And then you got a lot of sightings, of, like alleged sightings in the 50s, 60s, up until the mid 70s. There mm -hmm. was like a boom. And now it feels like we're kind of seeing a lot more again yeah. in the last 10 years or so, the other which is in interesting. And it's also interesting that these are very different than flying saucers. The things that are being captured look entirely different. They don't look like a traditional flying saucer, and they don't really move like the typical thought of UFO. Right. They're defying laws of physics, physics and... Right all reason yeah. so that brings the question what do what do we think they are any opinions any thoughts i think the way we approach it this might be a good time to talk about it um is is really important so some people go to these videos or they go into the subject of aliens and ufos with wanting it to be true mm -hmm. which can really affect your pre your right. presuppositions or you know what you what you get out of these and then other people are immediately like oh something must be going wrong with the targeting computers it must just be a fluke and i think either i think either way to be to be hyper skeptical or to go in wanting a result is a mistake i think you just have to yeah. take the evidence for for what it is yeah so when you saw the videos what did you think i didn't i didn't have any i i'm still taking it in yeah. I, I don't know. So somebody else go. <laughs> it's hard for a, I feel like a non, a citizen to know what they're looking at when they watch the video. Mm -hmm. You have to take a lot on trust of like what other people are telling you when they're deciphering the video. So it's hard to know anything for sure. I mean, anything can be, everyone knows that anything can be faked and anything can be doctored, especially video. 
but if you're taking these people for for what they're saying, it's unexplainable at least. It's at least mystifying and like fascinating to think about in terms of something that can go from 8,000 feet to 50 feet in six seconds or whatever it was claimed to be going. Mm-hmm. I think one thing too that's interesting in, and this will speak to kind of how I think about these things, in the show Unidentified, they obviously kind of lean towards it being extraterrestrial life, but they also do make an acknowledgement of like, truly we don't know what they are, Yeah, and we need to find out. Their, sure. their big thing on that show and that organization is like, we shouldn't just like sit by because if another country has this kind of technology, we are outgunned like crazy. Uh-huh. Or if something in the government, in our U.S. government, has developed this technology, should we know that? Like, uh, should we know for our own safety? That, because if these things are real, they're defying what we know to work in the laws of physics and, and reality and friction and all yeah. that kind of stuff is out the window. So those are the two camps, right? The camp of it's aliens or it's military. I feel like those are the two, the ones that I've heard in terms of like yeah. how people are like, trying to explain it. Do either of you guys feel like there are other options out it there? It could be an organism that's just not visible to the naked eye just mm. because of the, of the rate that it's moving. Um, that's a possibility. It could be, you know, it could be a fluke in the, um, in the, uh, system. Yeah. In the, in the computer, targeting. in the computer targeting systems. Um, but yeah. because it's been captured multiple times makes me think that it's not. And like, the pilots seem to see it with their naked eyes. Yeah. Well. Several pilots did see it. And it can't be an optical illusion, right? Because it's, it's caught. Aspects of it could be an optical illusion because you're getting glare from the infrared or glare on like the the lens. Uh But as far as the object itself, it would seem like something is there. Right. Um, But like when I first saw it, I thought that it was a foreign, some kind of foreign uh, aircraft. But I've Mm -hmm. learned so much since then about like the size of it and the way that it moves that I've kind of had to reconsider what it is. But I, you know, there's nothing... I'm not nailed down to any one position. I was I'm just open to yeah, to yeah. all of the options. I think to me the most just in terms of logic, the most likely scenario to me is an organization that exists in our world on planet Earth has developed new technology that they have not made public an unmanned drone situation an unmanned drone or an, a jump in technology if they've been able to figure out anti-gravity in some capacity uh, that seems less likely to me than some kind of unmanned drone but if an element of some kind has been discovered that counteracts the effects of gravity like I know that sounds crazy, and to me, it still is. To be fair, though, almost every invention sounded crazy in its yeah. day. So uh, the story, one story I really briefly wanted to tell is our uh, great uncle, um, he has been a crop dusting pilot for a long time, and he flew all over the southwest United States. He's, he's lived in California. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a, a long time ago. was flying his plane, and something blasted past his plane 
and he had never seen it was a ship of some kind it had to be flying low because he doesn't fly that high right he had never seen anything like it and he didn't really tell anybody about it because he thought people would think he was crazy and years later when they declassified the stealth bomber um he was watching tv and saw them do it and he pointed at it and was like that's what i saw that was the plane that Flew, pa- flew past me. He thought it might have been a, a UFO or something because it was so out of the realm of what he thought was possible in terms of an aircraft. Um, the shape was so bizarre. It it was just so odd. He couldn't like process what it was because his realm of knowledge was limited. So it's not out of the question for technology to surpass public knowledge. Yes. The, the only hitch in that belief that I had, or that theory is wouldn't the government know about it in some capacity and if they did i would think someone as high up as someone like harry reed who was the senate majority leader for a long time would know at least caught wind of it yeah that there's a type of technology that is being worked on within the military so it's not to say that there's some group that's within the military that's so classified that no one in the government knows it's, about it. That's very possible, too. It just seems like it could be a hitch that they don't know about it. What do you think, Jay? What do you what think, do you, in terms of, like, alien versus alien versus military? Like, what's your gut instinct on what when you watched it? I, I think the the most explainable thing would... It would be new technology. Um, sure. The thing that my brain goes back to immediately is that board game we were playing, What Came First, mm-hmm. and we won on What Came First 3D printing or Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that, that the card revealed that 3D printing was invented in 1986. Yeah. And we were all like, what? Right. You know, we didn't and, hear about it until, what, like 10 years ago? Well, that's what I was just reading. President Obama mentioned it in a speech, his State of the Union speech in 2013. He mentioned 3D printing, and that's kind of what put it on the map in terms of, like, mm. the general populace buying them, 3D printing things. And um, so, yeah, at the time, even I remember I was in college at Ozark, and I was like, no freaking way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. And that had that technology itself had been around for 20 years. These, these are things that are public. Yeah, exactly. And you don't even so know I, about the them, idea really. that things that we can't understand are out there. I mean that it's weird, but you just have to say, yeah, I don't know everything, you know. And uh-huh. so it seems like if it is some sort of man-made drone technology, that it would either have to be the United States. China or Russia because right. they're Someone really the only nations that. that have the funds and are advanced enough to be able to make yeah. these. So if uh, you know, if we're taking the the Pentagon and the DOD for their word, it's not them. So that would leave China or Russia if it is a man-made craft. Do you think there could be ulterior motives for the the government? Releasing these that things. That is a great question too. It's like, why, it. why now release them? Alex, you seem to have thoughts. Yep. So, um, <laughs> what's what's on the, uh, what's you know what's the new hot thing in terms of military, like divisions of the military with China, Russia, Space, and the United States? Space Force. Space Force. Yeah. For the longest time, the United States government distanced itself from 
aliens and UFOs were not involved in that. That's just, you know, tinfoil hat people. Denied everything. But now they're actually declassifying. They're taking the proactive step of saying, okay, yeah, these are legit videos. Okay, why is that? Right. Because they don't have to do that. But that has a trickle-down effect. So if the people that that's sparking interest in the you know the United States public, hey, we want to know what these things are. We want research to be done into this. And that goes to representatives. That goes to giving power to the government and the military, like a space force division of the military to be created. Yeah. Then they can go to the moon. They can go to Mars because that's how it always works. I know you guys have probably seen there's a lot more NASA paraphernalia everywhere in the last couple of years. Everyone's buying the shirts, buying the Legos. It's a product like anything else. So you sell that to the people, and then that works its way to the government level. Yeah. And now you have the funds to do that, and you have people that are real gung-ho about it and excited about it as opposed to the alternative of just trying to suffocate it and say, oh, no, this is nothing to see here type of thing. So I think there's a big ulterior motive to, you know, so the government, you know, they can say, Whatever it doesn't doesn't hurt them to to make a determination about these videos one way or the other. It's just to spark interest. Mm. So it's you good, think it's convincing more theory publicity than it is like hard science. Of yeah, some kind. I don't think the government's really concerned about the hard science of it, apart from getting funding to do to fund the space force to do space missions to other planets and and that kind of thing. Do you hmm. think it's possible? That it's the government trying to ease us in to a new technology that they have coming down the pipe. My gut says no, only because these these videos were from as far back as 2004. So it's kind of it's a really long game. Maybe yeah. if we only had them in the last couple of years when we've been talking about creating a space force. And we've gone through so many different administrations. Yeah, that's a good since point. then. Yeah different congress like all that stuff so right. yeah no it's really interesting i hadn't thought about that idea of it creating a publicity campaign essentially mm -hmm. for but it's veiled. like yeah so you think it's a possibility that someone like tom DeLong, they use him are using him to some extent to like well kind tom of create it's, it's, that? it's kind of a two-way street because you don't have to you know, uh, give Tom any more reason to look for <laughs> aliens. He already loves doing it. I think sure. these videos are legitimate videos. I don't think they're fake. It's yeah. just how do you use these tools to achieve what you want? Mm -hmm. I think that's what the government's doing. So they're seeing that, hey, this this guy has a, a voice. A lot of people listen to him. You know, younger people, now middle-aged people. Um, he's He's got influence. Why don't we use that to our advantage? It's the same with the videos. Mm. Interesting. No, that's a cool idea. I had not even thought about that or considered that at all. That's why we had... Does it stop being a cool idea if the videos are fake? And it's just too militarized space with no real foundation. Uh, you I still mean, have eyewitness stuff of for the past, you know, 60, 70 years of people saying they've seen these things. So it's, yeah. just, it's just adding weight to those... Uh, those suspicions. And I would think, hmm. like, there's always going to be some fake UFO stuff. Always. Right. But I'm talking about these three specifically. I don't, I, it, that's the hardest part for me is, like, there's so much credibility behind where they came from and the technology it was captured on. I have a hard time believing that they were faked.
or that they were some type of like delusion. Did this also come on the heels of the Area 51 stuff, like the Storm Area 51 thing that everyone was jumping on this board? This was already around yeah, quite a while before that. I just mean when they released them. So we can briefly talk about Area 51 because that's another thing that people point to a lot with the whole alien subject specifically is a guy named Bob Lazar. Uh, if you don't know who Bob Lazar is, he is a guy who claims to have worked at a site in Area 51. There's a lot of things about him that is questionable. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have all... Have you watched... I've watched uh, some of it, yeah. There's a there's an interview with him with Joe Rogan that's interesting, at the very least. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about him that is very questionable, but a, a lot of people point to him as a credible source of the existence of aliens. Um, he's said a couple things that have turned out to be accurate, but you could also get to a point where you see like, okay, that wasn't that impressive though. Like the big thing that they point to is like, he said that there was a hand scanner at area 51. That was like a bio readout. And this was like in the seventies before, like that was like the stuff of science fiction was a bio scanner of someone's hand so you could get in as like your your pass essentially and turns out that was a thing that was at area 51 i think it's very likely he might have worked there i think he did i think he it's very possible i also think he he wants the alien and ufo narrative to be true as well so you know going in with that is there no record of him ever working there well there's some evidence of it, but it's also very likely they might have had it expunged. Okay. Because when he started coming out about it's causing this, some problems. Yeah, he got allegedly he got a lot of he got in a lot of trouble. He initially came out anonymously, but then decided to publicly come out because he was scared for his life. He felt like anonymity. Come out as in what? Like publicly, like I, I, I worked who, in Area 51, yeah. okay. and there's aliens. Because it's like he felt like people were tailing him. They were listening to his uh, phone calls. Paranoid. He was afraid that he was going to be killed. Yeah, essentially. Gotcha. And he thought if he made himself public, they it would protect it. him. Yeah. Okay. Um, if an accident befell him or something, you know, typical like spy stuff. Sure. Um, but so there's a lot of interesting things about Bob Lazar. He though gets to a point where he straight up claims he saw. The Greys, as he calls them. You guys have been watching the X Files recently. You we've know been all about the Greys. All the X Files. Um, Me, Jake, and our roommate Zach, because we've been going through every episode. So he claims to have seen aliens, like living at Area 51, and that anti gravity has been invented or has been. He claims his job was to. It what, was like, discovered in, a, in an aircraft, right? This, yeah. this anti gravity technology. And his, his story is that the government was researching that so then they could use that anti gravity like technology. They could engineer it, essentially. Yeah, that, which, would, which would allow you to do those, you know, turn on a dime uh-huh. maneuvers and move really quickly because you don't, you're not fighting the air as you're moving through it. Gotcha. And it protects the person inside of it by essentially making them not feel the G forces mm-hmm. as they move. Right, because mm-hmm. humans, what? how many Gs can you sustain without passing out? It's like four, <sighs> three? No, 
I want to say I it was it's like upwards of like six or seven. Oh, okay. I could be wrong on that. But you can probably train your body, right? Like fighter pilots sure. probably train their body. Astronauts do it. Like, okay. But you're saying the the shells of these would protect you even more. The anti gravity. You kind of have your own atmosphere okay. essentially in there. Right. Which so, would also like when we're talking space travel, one of the big problems is like how fast you can go, right? Mm -hmm. And because even if you got the ship to go the speed of light, the people inside couldn't go that fast. Right. So I think in, in Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Outside of Earth's atmosphere, that wouldn't be as much of an issue. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So as we were talking about this subject, it kind of went long and we kind of got into another area of conversation. So from here, we're going to end the first episode talking about UAPs, UFOs, the Pentagon stuff. We're kind of going to stop there. And then uh, next week, or when we release this next episode, we get into the topic of the idea of Christianity and how it relates to the idea of alien life. And it kind of got off on such a tangent that we felt like we should put it into two separate episodes because we felt like they were different enough. So um, check out next week. We're going to be talking still with Alex Moore. Here he is. <laughs> There he is. Uh, we're going to still be talking to him about the idea of our personal Christian faith and uh, the idea of alien life and how that impacts one another. So thank you for listening. Tune in next week to hear like the, the conclusion of this. My name is Wes. I'm Peyton. This podcast is not for you is the name of our podcast. I'm Jake, and this podcast is not for you. I'm Alex, and this podcast is not for you.